Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello everybody, welcome back to Rule the Roost podcast. I'm just going to jump straight in. Ben Haynes, welcome back, mate. How are you doing? Hey, buddy. How are you, mate? <laughs> you okay? I am. I'm. I'm all good, mate. I'm all good. I liked. Uh, I liked your your little kind of Wallace and Gromit style picture. I, of you and Rob. It's so nice. On I Twitter love the other that day. man. I can't like, listen. I, I hope he's not listening to this. It's so embarrassing. But I'm like, I'm literally his number one fan. I just every time for people that don't know, I'm talking about Rob Daly, the club commentator. But Every time we have a big moment now, I prefer listening to Rob's comms to anyone else's. He's, do, you know he's, I mean? do you know what? I, I, I don't want to blow too much smoke up his ass, but he's got the kind of like, he's a man unto his own. That's the important thing. But he's got that kind of like, he's almost got an air of a young Drury about him. Doesn't he just? It's, it's, it's poetry, but there's emotion. He loses himself. He loses, and that's the important thing. He's He's not worried about people kind of thinking... Oh God, Rob Daly got a bit carried away there. Yeah, he, yeah, he yeah. He gets carried away, you know. Well, like, and he like there, there's so many of the the moments whenever I kind of watch stuff back, and particularly with the North London derby coming up this weekend. I know we'll probably all watch like a million highlights back of that before the weekend, and Gareth Bale retiring exactly the same. Oh, I'm boy. so glad that they're in that season, for example, where we were behind closed doors, that he was on the comms for some of Bale's goals. Because it was still, it made it makes it so special still that you've got this like awesome sort of like really kind of vivid, uh, lively sort of really punchy commentary even when there was a time when there was no fans there. Of course, accompanied by the sound of Darude Sandstorm. I was literally going to say I don't I don't want to do Rob Dirty, but Sandstorm helped. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I, I, I'm up for running a campaign. Honestly, I know people talk about like goal music being tin pot and all that. I'm up for having Sandstorm at League Cup games. I'm just would, saying, I'm up for would that. Would you League Cup is as far as you would go? That, that, oh yeah, that's that's the line if we, for me. If we're in Europa League, would you allow it? <sighs> okay, yeah. Well, no, Europa Conference League. There we go. Conference. We'll settle on Conference League. <laughs> Imagine that—that that there was a tier system for goal music. It's essentially like the 2020 of football, isn't it? You're allowed like, it at Europa Conference League. Tin pot celebrations for tin pot competitions. You know. We, are you, are you, we, you taking that? Is that Vinicius catching strays there? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he might, he might, he might well be. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm up for that. Love a bit of Rob Daly. Love a bit of Sandstorm. Let's just fucking get it all back in the mix. Let's yeah, just keep, man. Do you know what? Let's let's not have fans in the ground anymore. All they do is boo and <laughs> say offensive things. They don't need to. Do you know what I mean? An imposter on the internet. Oh, we're this many games. Don't care, mate. Do one. Yeah, and listen, and you're, that's, that's particularly sort of important for you because I noticed that anytime there's a train strike now or shit traffic, you essentially can't go to the games anyway. Yeah, I know. I, I actually had a ticket lined up for Crystal Palace away. How shitty is that? I, but the thing is, when I, could, when I couldn't go anymore, I was just like, ah, it was shit anyway. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So I was like, 
It's not so bad. And then watching that, so that on file, I was a bit like... Oh, uh, that would have been annoying. great. Yeah, yeah. it's like one of those ones where you see all the players going to celebrate in front of the fans. Yeah. As well, and you're like, that would have been you in the front row. Lucas Moura would have been ripping your hat off and throwing it on the ground. Oh, well. Oh, well, at least they won. I would have probably oh, jinxed it anyway. That's what I tell myself, you know? Yeah, I always do that. I'm so weird with that sort of thing. I'm proper butterfly effect. I, like, I always convince myself that on some level I have some impact when I have, of course, absolutely none. But um, the thing was with the Palace game, like, the annoying thing about missing that one, obviously, is like that's about, for 45 minutes, that's about as pure as it's been. Like, that's about as pure coys as it's been all season. It, it was pretty mad, wasn't it? I, I have I no it. idea. Where, it, like, even like Matt Doherty popping up with a goal. You know, it was one of those nights. You're like, go on in. Go yeah, on I'll, in. Have a, I'll have a bit of that. I'll have um, a bit of that. Are we like, look, we'll, we'll switch back to Portsmouth. Um, Sorry, obviously, obviously, you were there in a work capacity. They're in your full garb. Are we allowed to talk about the little incident I that occurs? To. I want to. I'm desperate to. With some, it... with some South Coast barnacles. Well, yeah. <laughs> Well, like they, you, I mean, you know the story, right? So there was train issues, so that meant that nine and a half thousand Portsmouth fans had to get the coach up to Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, which is notoriously one of the the hardest stadiums to drive both to and away from in the country, or probably in the world. Um, and so I would park my car in the car park. I thought something's a bit off today because I'm having to park absolutely miles away, and it's of course because. There's about 100 coaches parked in front of me. So I get out of the ground and I'm in my sort of Spurs get up because I sort of have to wear the clobber for the for the show. I sort of get halfway back to my car and there's all these Pompey fans just looking sour faced out the window. And I'm just trying to see like what was going on. And then I just catch a glimpse of them. They're all giving me the V's, the wanker sign out the window, like heckling at me. And at first I was a little bit like, what did I do? And then suddenly this just wave of just pure like, oh my God, that's what it feels like to be the one smiling at the end of the game as the others, the other lot have to do a three hour coach drive all the way back home knowing they've just been, they've been unceremoniously punted out of the FA Cup by a grubby 1-0 win at Tottenham. Like that is just like delicious for me. Absolutely delicious. So it was like, it was pretty grim, but it was lovely at the same time. I wouldn't for a second suggest that, you know, there aren't lots of, Portsmouth fans watching N17 live week in, week out. But in the off chance that they're not, do you think the sense chance, Ben, that they might have just thought you were like some full kit wanker? That, you, that, you, that you were a bit of a tie from Arsenal Fan TV? They're yeah, like, they're, look at him. <laughs> look at him, he's even got the big caterpillar yeah, coat on. Where's your like, water bottle? Yeah, yeah like, it's, it, 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 do you know what's really funny is I then went past Alfie Devine in my car. Did so you? Like, have a go at him. Look, I felt like that was, David was, Brenton. Was his mum driving like, him home? It, <laughs> mate, it wasn't him driving home. So I think it's it, someone actually chaperoning him back home to make sure he got back in time to do his homework. But I, um, yeah, I was sort, of, sort of thinking, well, have a go, what are you shouting at me for? Have a go at him. He was on the pitch, for God's sake. Um, but yeah, it just it's, it's so funny. And it was such a... Like, that, that win itself, I know... Like we can go into later on, but I, I just love the FA Cup. And it to me, it doesn't really matter too much, the fact that we didn't absolutely pump them. I just, I I want to see us win it this year. And I think it's such a good opportunity. I was sort of going through yesterday, I think it's, what is it, eight or nine teams are already out with the possibility now of two more going out because Liverpool have got a, a replay against Wolves. And if Arsenal win on Monday night, it means they play Man City. 
And then if you think about the teams that are left in it, how many of them are you genuinely fearful? If we were to draw any team at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, how many of those are you genuinely fearful where you think, oh, they're probably going to knock us out? Like this is, a, this is an unbelievable opportunity now. And I make sort of no apology for being ruthlessly optimistic at a time when I know there's like a huge culture war going on and there's that complete binary sort of go or fraud thing about everything that's happening across the football world. I'm just massively optimistic about the FA Cup because I think genuinely we could win it this year. I, mean, I honestly think, obviously there's always going to be kind of bleed through on, as you talk about like, and I don't want to talk about it today, I can't be bothered. Like Palace was such a ride. It's nice to be in the FA Cup, and with the FA Cup, to me, it's like it's almost like a it's a nice sort of like sanctuary from the the horrors of league football. Oh, it's an oasis, and isn't it? The narratives around football and the like you say, Messi, Ronaldo shit, and Haaland and Mbappe, like all of that shit. Just the the good old fashioned FA Cup. You know, it's just it's just something nice about it. it's like. It's like a nice piece of just like you know you know in a world now that's full of like buffalo chicken wings or <laughs> pulled pork or you know all these kind of artisan hipstery foods the FA Cup's just like a nice piece of bread and butter you yeah, know it's sometimes it's, it's just sometimes it's just what you're in the mood for yeah li- listen like I, I, there's nothing wrong with meat and two veg yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but it is, you know, and it's. It, I just, I cannot, I can't believe, and I'm, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not turning this into a cultural. But I can't believe we haven't fucking won it. I haven't even been in the <laughs> final. We haven't even gotten to the final <laughs> since '91 or '90. Was it '90 or '91? Now '91, '91, yeah, yeah, '91, and then we we had the semi-final against Portsmouth where. Dawson sort of slipped over because the pitch was cut to shreds by whatever had happened. Semi-final on. against Arsenal at Old Trafford. Yeah, we had the Newcastle semi-final where Fucking Shearer hell. scored twice <laughs> against us. We had the Delhi semi-final with the, with the floss and then everyone being like, you shouldn't do the floss. And then we got pumped and I was like, it don't really matter if you yeah, do And the then floss. they just brought Hazard <laughs> off the bench and he was like, yeah, yeah go exactly. on then. Yeah. And like, didn't, hadn't, didn't Sonny make like a 30-yard slide tackle that led to a penalty? Yeah, well, because he was playing left back though, wasn't he? Left like, wing back, I lo- yeah. I lo- love your potch, but mate, that was not one of your finest. That was Dad. not Potch's finest hour, Dad. was it? What it was doing? It was a weird one that. And <laughs> it was Chelsea weird. before, remember? And they were in horrible form. And, oh, the worst. And Drogba like managed to bang one in from an just a ridiculously acute angle. Didn't he beat Ledley? He sort of shrugged Ledley, yeah. didn't he? But, but the annoying thing is, remember that we we had like literally like a goal that had got if VAR had existed or goal line technology had existed, we were one 0 up. And then we had a stonewall penalty as well. Not given. I'm, I'm not bitter about that day still, but a stonewall penalty not given that day. And then they went and beat us. What was it? Four five one or something like that. Yeah, I think. Well, then we sort of fell apart a bit, yeah. didn't we? But we we like. I always tell myself that it's just totally irrelevant. Off, like it, you, the the scoreline is kind of irrelevant because even if you look at that England, remember the, the England World Cup game where Lampard scores and they don't give it, and Germany go on to pump us. I'm like, it's a different game if the if the goal goes in. You can play a totally mm. different game plan. It's exactly the same with Spurs. I mean, we had, yeah, we we've had so many of them over the years. Do, do, with, do you know what I remember so acutely about that that Chelsea game? Is it the, the first one, the Drogba one? I just remember it being the toward the end of the game, and most of the Spurs in sat in Wembley. Most of the Spurs fans, not many had left actually. We were still sat there, just taking our medicine, but people were pretty much quiet. We were just sat there, seeing just 
you know, the players had given up. And just hearing ringing out from the Chelsea end, Tottenham Hotspur, you'll always be shit. And you're just having to sit oh, there just like, no. oh, God, we are, aren't we? <laughs> this time around, yeah. I've got nothing to we're come just, back at you at. We are always going to be shit, aren't we? Like, well, like, and I know you and I talk about it all the time, but losing to United in the semi-final no, no, as that, well. That was the most painful one. No, well, in I a different we, way. but Because I thought we had, I thought we were, that was when I was like, we're actually better than this lot. And I remember you we saying were. to me on the walk down sort of Wembley way, you were like, yeah, but the problem is Ben, they've just got this grubby, horrible thing where their entire club, the fans, the players, whatever, the, the roots of the club know how to do these days. They know how to do it. In that, the equation there is, right, coming at that from a Spurs fan, I mean, this isn't an equation, this is just me talking, is <laughs> us turning up being the objectively better side than Manchester United at that point in time, but still the fans saying, well, it's an FA Cup semi-final, it'd be nice to win it, and I think we can probably beat Man United, we are better than them this time. Manchester United fans, Manchester United as a club, approach that and say, oh, Spurs in the FA Cup semi-final, yeah, we'll, we'll do that. Yeah, who and are we playing it, in the final? You know, and it's, it's Man United though, man. At the end of the day, they still have that, and this is one of those things I sort of have spoken about before about why is it that Arsenal still managed to win it because I just think it is in the heads of their opposition as much as it's in the heads of the players that sometimes they're just like I play for Arsenal I play for Manchester United or the opposition will say at the end of the day it's still Arsenal so we've got to be careful and they'll probably play in a more guarded fashion as opposed to Tottenham Hotspur who always bottle it who if we go out they'll lose their asses and they'll fall to pieces it's just it's it's all and this is kind of this is more what I consider a DNA of sorts. I don't I don't buy that DNA is something that is that comes from the club itself. It's it's almost it's more like an aura. I feel. No, I it's, agree. You know, I because I, I just I don't buy this. Like you can't have a turnover of squads playing staffs and say, oh, it's in the DNA of them. That's no, not Kulisewski. What, what what's wrong what, with his DNA? Yeah, what DNA has he got that's top? You know, it's. It's ridiculous, but... but but can I just say on that? Look, one of the things that I also despise is when people flip it around and then turn it on the fans and says, "Oh, it's the, it's the fans because they're coming with the wrong attitude and stuff." It's 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 got nothing to do with one individual thing. It's like you said, it's it's a weird bubble and a weird aura that surrounds teams on big occasions because it starts from the week before. Like Spurs have never had any problem playing against Arsenal at home or particularly over the last sort of 10, 15 years. So coming into this game, playing against Arsenal at home this weekend, even though they're the form side, there is so there's going to be so much narrative this week about, yeah, but Spurs at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium or White Hart Lane. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And, it, and it becomes part of the becomes part of the kind of general consensus or the general consciousness that people just have that dialogue. And over time, it's become this thing about Spurs in cup competitions that they get get late on in it and then it, it might all fall apart. And that's why I think this time around, we just need the stars to align a bit for us. We need the draw that usually Man City get. Mm. You know, we need that draw right the way through to the semi-final where invariably we'll have to play someone who's a little bit more difficult and a bit more punchy and we'll have to do... Do that. What we did to Arsenal in 1991, and put on the sort of the game of our life, get through it, and then hopefully 
sort of sneak it in the in the final. But there's there's no reason why we shouldn't do it this year. We're we're the what the fourth best team left in the competition, maybe the the third best team left in the competition after like Arsenal or City go out. It's it's yeah. It's I'm desperate for us to win it, mate. I love it as a competition so much. Like you said, it's just such an oasis in a in a in a desert of absolute football nonsense it seems like at the moment with the Qatar World Cup and everything that's gone on over the course of the last couple of years the FA Cup is something really really pure to be savored not just because of the whole magic of the cup thing but just because it's something a little bit different that hasn't fully been destroyed if any if anyone wants to get a flavor for this for this kind of this this unbridled passion and joy for the FA Cup Ben and I actually worked on a series a few years back called Year of the Underdog. Search, just search Year of the Underdog and probably Ben Haynes or 90 Min on YouTube and just, just watch it. You can watch it back. We, what, what, what did we, it was like the ultimate football road trip, wasn't it, Ben, really? Going up and down the country, seemed every other week, going to all manner of different grounds. And it was, I, I don't know, I, I felt reconnected with the cup making that. And since oh, then, I've just, I've always just been so desperate to see Spurs win it again. Because I think I'd started to, I'd gotten so lost with the idea of just like, we've just got to get in the Champions League. We have, you know, from the dross that we went through in the early sort of Premier League years, to then having that yole near Miss Lasagna Gate, just being like, we're fucking never going to get in the Champions League. Don't care, just throw all the other competitions I just want to say one time in my life I've seen Tottenham in the Champions League. Hear the music, see the big star ball thing at the centre circle. And yeah, we've. I love. I still love that. It's, it's the ultimate football for me. But then suddenly I was like, right, I've got more capacity now to actually start to like dream and want to see us like... Because I, I can't stand the League Cup. To me, it's just like, I don't care. We could write that off every year. I'm not, I'm not asked about it. I don't buy the whole kind of thing of like... Oh, you've got to start from somewhere. Nah, bollocks. Get rid of it. <laughs> FA Cup though is a is a different it's a, it's a different kettle of fish. Yeah, you know? and and do you know what is so true? What you said about the whole the Champions League music and the star ball in the <clears throat> in the centre circle and the light show and it being on sort of like cold evenings in autumn and stuff and under the lights, all of that, and the plain white kit, of course. But one of the things this year that I found really interesting, I went, I, we did the the pre match shows um and then i went and stood by the side of the pitch for the music i was like oh, i can't wait to hear this again and i had this very strange kind of experience where i was like well that's that's nice like it's it's nice to hear the music again and i sort of walked inside feeling a little bit almost flat and then i realized it's because i think tottenham are a champions league club now yeah. i don't i don't go like god we're just so lucky to hear the music yeah you know, know i'm like mean. I'm like, no, we're, we are. We're a big Champions League club. We hear the music and then we get down to business and, and get through to the knockout stage. Big chopper like, energy, that, mate. Yeah, That's really big chopper energy. Like, that big chopper energy when we went to Marseille and got the business done then. That was, like, I remember listening to your pod after that and you were so pumped and I was like, yeah, that is, that's that's Tottenham in Europe. You know, that's what it's all about. It's like we it's, are. It's that we're, me we're meant for that sort of big yeah. stage and I think the, the FA Cup, if we win the FA Cup, it will be like that feeling the first time that we were at White Hart Lane and we had that Champions League run then and we got all those special nights again. You know, winning the FA Cup will be that feeling again, like we're, we're back where we're meant to be. Well, let's talk about the game against Portsmouth because I saw, obviously, as people do, a few complaints about the game, but 
I, I, I thought it was fine. The fact it was a kind of like a makeshift side with good few young players thrown in there, players without masses of experience, players who haven't all played together very well. You know, upsets happen in the FA Cup. It's the magic of the FA Cup. There's banana skins, all that type of stuff. But it didn't happen. They got they got the job done in a pretty yeah okay. It wasn't it wasn't barnstorming. It wasn't the most beautiful game to watch at all times. But I felt that everybody did their job really well. And yeah okay, it took a screamer from Harry Kane as it often does to make the difference in the end. But like why is that? Why is that? <laughs> that's that's what Harry Kane's job. Like literally, his job is to score goals for Tottenham. <laughs> So I, I don't understand why that is then held up as like a criticism of like, oh, well, we had to have Harry Kane to score and save <laughs> us. I mean, yeah. <laughs> like, have you have you been watching? Like, <laughs> that's how it goes. Yeah, but I, I think the, like your point about there is, there's upsets in the FA Cup. It just makes sure it's not you. Yeah. You know, just like at the end of the day, it doesn't matter whether Let you win Arsenal seven. Tonight, you yeah. Well, it doesn't matter whether you win seven nil or lose four nil like Chelsea. Just make sure that it's not Spurs. You know, we go through to the next round and then we go. Is it Preston away? Like, get through that one as well. I don't care if that one's one nil. Like, there's a. I know there's. There, again, there has been a lot of discussion, hasn't there, over the last few years in terms of like playing style, and I think. You, you you won't find anyone who will sit there and say, oh, no, I pre- I prefer it when Spurs grind and sc- nick a goal from a, a set piece as opposed to the way that we finished off Crystal Palace the other night. Oh. But in the cup, like, getting through to the next round is everything. Like, get, just nick through into the next round. And I actually, do you know what? I watch the game. I'm not very good at being balanced when I'm watching Spurs games. I'm not very good at sitting there and saying, like, well, how is this game playing out? I watch it solely through the lens of Spurs. I'm, what are we doing? How are we playing? And it was only after the game where Rob sort of came down from the commentary box and said to me, like, mate, actually, like, Pompey were really good. Like, they, in terms of their like, defensive organisation, yes, we couldn't break them down. And yes, we were really, really struggling to play through them. But with our sort of playing style... That's what we struggle the most against. You know, we really, really struggle when teams sit in and make it difficult to get through them. And it took a, a moment of absolute magic from Harry, as you said. I mean, Jesus, how many times are, you, are we going to see this guy do that? Like, I, I, I'm so in this mindset now of just embracing every single moment, every single little thing that he does that is just incredible because it won't go on forever. Like, it's not like just enjoy this now like enjoy having a player on the pitch that when you think right we can't get through him he just suddenly decides to just yeah I'll just grab this game by the scruff of the neck and just go and win I'll go and win it for us and then two minutes later you're seeing him pick up the ball off Davidson Sanchez like almost at centre back and he started like pinging off 60 70 yard passes like we're so lucky to watch this guy it's it's just crazy and if he breaks a record this weekend man I mean I mean, it almost feels like it's all kind of set up, <laughs> doesn't set it? up for this point, right? Just as so long as it's not in like a four-two defeat. Imagine, imagine. I don't want to consider that that one. He's already had the mask goal ruined by them equalising. Although I yeah. don't, I, do you know what? A lot of people say I don't buy that. It's, um, it was still a sensational moment. It's, oh, the, it's the best goal I've ever seen live. Like, oh mate, I'm so there. jealous that you were there. The explosion in that. Remember those? I mean, I know people will always 
look back on kind of, I mean, I won't say rose, lily white tinted spectacles of the old <laughs> White Hart Lane and say, oh, it was great. It was rocking every week. No, it fucking wasn't. There were still times when people, you yeah, know, when it was shit. There was a lot of moany people yeah, on the bad days, wasn't there? There was a lot of them. But, and I'm sure the new ground will get there one day. I'm sure it will. It's got to find its feet. It's still, you know, it's still new at the end of the day. There were st- some of those nights, man. Some of those nights at the old White Hart Lane games, days, nights, whatever. Games. Let's say games. Some of those games at the old White Hart Lane when it was just there. Like, think about like, well, think about like 14, 15, 16, 17. But even some of those times like when the Yol era started and we started to get good. And yeah. we when we started getting back into Europe and stuff like that, it was just, there was a certain like, and I, I, I you know, I don't, I, generally don't like this kind of mawkish stuff but there was a kind of there was a certain magic about that old ground and you could just feel it shaking and I remember that with that that cane goal I've I've never felt White Hart Lane like it we're chasing down Leicester we think we're going to win the fucking Premier League this season and this boy wonder who the jury's still a bit out on sort of is it just still a hot streak in a North London derby, cuts in from the fucking wing and sl- like slams the ball into the top corner past the goalkeeper. I just think everyone was like, "Oh my god, we like, we've arrived." And obviously we hadn't, so you know, it, <laughs> it makes it even more painful. But still, in that moment, you can't take away from that moment because of what happened after the point. In that moment, you felt those things, and there's no taking away from that. And we should be so quick to just like discount good things you know because this that um that goal there was kind of like it's not the same obviously the goal at the weekend was literally is it far more kind of like simple by harry kane standards simple finish but he has that wonderful technique where he sort of arcs his body on those and feeds them into the far corner and then I remember what you were saying about the the kind of explosion of the fans because there's this pregnant pause where the ball's in the air for about half a second and everyone's thinking, that's that's looking good, that's going to fly, like that's going in the corner. And then suddenly you just... I mean, the goal against Arsenal, you hear that crack of the post, don't you? Yeah, it's... Oh, mate, it's the, just like, get that right yeah, in oh, my veins. Directly in. Yeah. And, and, and then, I mean, at the weekend, he does it again. Like, he's sort of on the slip as he's doing it, but it just arcs so perfectly. And you see the despairing dive of the keeper and then the, the entirety of the south stand just jumps to its feet. And you're just like, yeah, this is what it's about. And the thing is as well, the thing that... I know it's a phenomenal goal in another way. It's like fairly flat game. There weren't too many other chances. But defensively, like, I don't know, what one sort of weird semi-bicycle that we that Forster made a comfortable save from, we weren't challenged at all. Like, I, I never felt we were going to concede in that. Oh, let's, uh, we've, we've sort of done a bit about Harry Kane. So let's talk about, let's talk about one of the, the, the stars of potentially tomorrow. Pape Matassar, I mean, there's going to be naysayers, and I've already seen them. I've already seen the whole, like, don't get excited about this. He's only no, done well against Crystal Palace, and he's only done well against Portsmouth. The boy looks pretty special, doesn't he? Mate, don't, I'm not, I'm not going to... I am not having anyone sort of play it down. If you want to get excited about a young player, and you want to get, like, hyped up about someone who, like, who you think the ceiling is 
sort of so high that they could go on and become truly elite. What? What? Why stop? You know, the, the only thing you're going to do by making more noise around them is make them more confident and more excited. I, I'm, I'm so in on Saar. I feel like even just watching him warm up, he sort of has that kind of streak about him where he can be a bit sort of bit nasty in the challenge. He's so physically good. The way that he robbed the ball off Zahar the other day against Palace and then sort of just strode out of defence, just like this is this is what we're desperate for players like that. Because playing in this system with a two in midfield, like your midfielders have to be everything. They can't just be a sort of, they can't just be a, a luxury creative player, and they can't just be a stopper. You've got, they've got to do the whole thing. That's why we've fallen in love so much with Ben Tanker now that he's sort of added goals to his game as well, because mm. he's a dynamo. He's scoring goals. He's got a great eye for a pass. He's nasty in the challenge too. But the thing about Saar is, it just looks so good. Do you know what I mean? It's so pleasing on the eye the way he sort of like struts around the pitch and. The way that he controls the ball, his range of passing is brilliant. Like he is a he's a real player. I think we've got a, such a gem in our hands there, and it's just sometimes. I saw I think I think it was Spooky tweeted earlier on saying thank you Ben Wiseau for getting getting injured so Gareth Bale could become the player that he became. Yeah, and I mean we we could be watching that now. You know that Ben Tanker gets an injury. Hoybier comes back from the the World Cup is a bit knackered, skippy, sort of like not quite fully fit, and then Eve Basuma gets a gets a knock and is not quite fully there either. So, Sars getting a concentrated run out, and he's just honestly, mate. I think he's one of those ones that I think probably on TV he looks good. I think when you're there, he you can't help but be drawn to him. Sort of, you know, when you do the kind of individual player cam. Like you can't you can't take your eyes off what he's doing because he's he's so good to watch. I know I know you said the other day. I know you're sort of you're quietly quite pleased with him as well, and you don't want to go too far. But I'm 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 with you, mate. I think he's going to be special. I just think he one of the big things right with with young players. You can see, it, and I think I think Divine has this as well. Even in the few moments we've we've seen him, right? They step on the pitch, and they're just like, yeah, I fucking belong here. And they carry themselves in that way, you know? You can see, yeah. like, there's no, like, weight on Sar's shoulders. He's not kind of timidly thinking, oh, do you mind if I tackle you, kind of yeah. thing. Do you know what I mean? He's just, like, fucking try and take the ball past me. Go on. You yeah, know? yeah. And I think people look, because he's, he's baby-faced, right? He, he is baby-faced. And he's quite skinny, but he's, he, he looks rock-solid as well. He looks yeah. hard, you know? Yeah, and I, I mean, he's only... I'd say physically he's probably got a, a little bit of a, a way to go, but when he adds that in as well, I mean it's not as if it's not as if he's getting bounced by anyone. No. That's the thing. He looks perfectly comfortable with the kind of physical attributes of it, and I think there's a there's a really really nice thing in young players like you were saying when you see them sort of think like I'm gonna have a go at this. Like I'm gonna try and I'm gonna try and bounce someone fifty fifty, and occasionally they'll just get thumped when they occasionally they'll get sent flying. And I remember it happened to. I remember it happening to to Skippy a lot of times, and God knows we're seeing it with Brian Hill at times. But I love the fact that we've we've got some really really confident young players that at the moment just they like challenging themselves. Yeah. They like sort of saying, "Yeah, I'm going to give this a crack now and see." Sort of I almost kind of benchmark myself. And the thing is, you can see with Ollie Skip, Ollie Skip's young as well, but you could see with him at the weekend, he loves the dirty side of. Oh. Of the game, do you know what I mean? He absolutely—he's a little he's horror, a, isn't he? Oh, be, like be like beautifully horrible. 
you know it's just wonderful like and you need that you need that and we shouldn't forget about you know it doesn't need to be a competition between Sarah and skip and you need a squad you know if if if, if now if now is a time that people should be realizing this right you need a squad and i think skip yeah okay he has looked a bit rusty i, I, I will say that but he's still done a job Sars doing a job hill's doing a great job i think um I'm not as I think Hill's a very talented player. I'm not as convinced his future lies at Tottenham Hotspur, but that's just me speculating. You know, I just I, I, it's kind of got that feel about it. it's got that feel of like maybe going back to La Liga about him. He's so technical, isn't he? He's so technical. Yeah, but I'd love to see. My main thing about him though, mate, is I like watching Brian Hill play football. I, li- I yeah. like players like him because there's a there's a certain like it's it's funny there's a like there's a certain like element of Aaron Lennon about him there's a certain element of like Luka Modric about him like there's he's sort of somewhere in between the two and I'm not before people say oh you're saying he's as good as Modric and Lennon no I'm not I'm I'm just talking about like the playing styles and what he brings to the game I just I I, I like the way that he seems to sort of dribble with purpose and I like the crispness of his passing and the yeah. sureness of it you know that little kind of that <laughs> that it was an assist really through to Kane through an eye of a needle and then obviously you know I think when we were talking about this kind of um off air you were saying like but imagine imagine being a player like Papa Matassar, Brian Hill, Oliver Skip and thinking I'm playing balls up to Harry Kane. Yeah. If I'm ever in trouble like that's my outball. The guy who just doesn't lose it when you sort of smash it out his face, and he somehow like drops it down off his nose onto his like, foot perfectly. It's just it, it, he's it, he's a ridiculous player, but he also drags these performances out of other players who then sort of can walk that little bit taller. And I mean, it's not. I, I don't think there's there's any. It's not by chance that Brian Hill looks particularly good in Europe in Champions League games when he comes on. The game's a little bit stretched and also the tempo of the game's a little bit different. The Champions League is a slightly more technical game and a slightly less physical game, slightly more strategic and tactical. And Conte's spoken so much about the fact that he really, really understands the game. Understands he's born to play to football, he said, didn't he? Yeah, and I mean, like some of the comparisons and stuff that he's making is... Like, I do try. I know at the moment there's this really, really like again the Conte stuff at the moment is going on in terms of all of the stuff in the media, the contracts, the the press conferences and everything. That is that's so difficult to compartmentalize and and not kind of talk at the same time as the football. But the one thing that you that I do trust with Conte is that if he, if he says a player is a player, if he says someone like Brian Hill has got like an incredible understanding of the game. He's not saying that just for the sake of it. He's not no. just saying, like, I, I do trust that he's saying, like, we have got a gem on our hands. It's just, I get the impression with Brian, it just might take a little bit longer. It's good, like, Brian would, it, you feel like he would benefit massively from going and playing for somewhere else where he's one of the better players in the team and he's relied upon, you know, and p- people are desperate for him to create something. And I mean, like, I always, I always come back to to Jack Grealish, right? He was saying in an interview the other day that when he was at Villa, he was asked to go and find the weak link in the opposition. He was asked to go. I think it was Dean Smith was saying that you you go and you you find where there is a, a target in the defence, and then you go and play against that player. So he could be anywhere, all over the pitch, mm. and he would go and attack that player. Now for City, 
he's in Pep's machine. He has to hug the touchline and not to move. Like, you do one job in that system. And for players like Brian Hill, I get the impression they would... Like, he's a player that would benefit from the idea of a, of a coach being like, right, you just go and be creative. Go mm. and cause havoc. Wherever you go, you're so good on the ball. Just go and make opportunities for a forward. In, a, in this system, like, this Spurs system is rigid, you know. He's got very little flexibility in terms of being able to just go wherever he wants. If he, if he tried to just pop up on the other side of the pitch, you could imagine Conte be like, OK, sub, please. Um, but like, it, it's just... It, it's one of those things that right now he's going to have to make do with the fact that he's a bit in and out. I think the difference for someone like Saar is that now, if someone said to me, oh, by the way, it's Saar starting in central midfield this weekend, I'd be like, yep, cool, I'm down. You know, I'm, 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 I'm there. Like, he's convinced me that this is, if it's, if it's Ben I, I, I actually Saar, agree Boy with ben you, Saar. you know, I do. Because, oh, I don't know, Thomas Partey is a, you know, a mean, a mean opponent for a young yeah. player like that. Um, he's he's a mean man in many other senses as well. But he, um, <laughs> but still, yeah, you do kind of have that faith in Saar that he's do job on on Hill as well. Another thing I do want to because you know I know I was sort of saying I don't think his future lies at Tottenham. I don't want that to manifest. And I'm not I'm not trying to manifest this by any stretch of imagination. And, I do feel like I need to give him more praise. Like one of the things that I've, I've sort of said quite openly, even when he was getting like Europa Conference minutes and when he's been getting some minutes in the Champions League, how happy I was to see him play and getting like pelters, like you call that playing, blah, 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 you know, that type of thing. What I will always give him that, he, yeah, okay, I get it. He, he's like the physicality he does need to adapt to more. I appreciate that. But he doesn't stop trying. He doesn't let that kind of like, um, overwhelm him. He, he, I don't. I don't feel that he's scared going into games. He gets up. He sort of bangs the turf and gets back into it again. I love that. Like I, lo- I love that. He, you know, he is a little terrier. I do like that about him. And I, I don't know if you've seen. He has. He's said today that he wants to repay Antonio Conte for giving him more minutes. Now, um, let me find the quote. He's giving me minutes, and I have to repay his faith. Everyone needs time to adapt. I've worked hard for this moment. I hope I'll keep getting these minutes and keep improving. You know, um, it's... I um, I think what you say is so true, isn't it? Because we've seen so many times, I know the Fighting Cock Boys have spoken about this a lot, but him just getting clattered and sort of like being kicked up in the air, smashing into the turf. And then you sort of think, oh God, he's, like that could be him completely crocked. And he just bounces up and goes again. Like I, I love that energy and that enthusiasm, that dynamism. I know that it's, Look, right now, he's a million miles off of Kulusevski because Kulusevski is... On it, he is so special. When you consider his age, he's he's a ridiculous player. Mate, Look, he's ridiculous one of the best he's player. one of the best young players in world football. He is. He just is. But but it's not a criticism to say that he's no. miles off of Kulusevski because no. Kulusevski is, is miles ahead of most players. But there's so many of the younger guys, they, they've just got a bit of a chance at the moment. Like this few weeks, there's a lot of games. There's another FA Cup tie to come at the end of the month. Like this is your opportunity. This is your window. This is where you've got to go and grab it. I just really hope that we kind of get to the end of this period and we're thinking about a few more players. Like if, for example, someone needs a rest or someone's injured, that you, we, as a as a group of fans, we're thinking, yeah, yeah, I'm 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 excited to watch Brian tonight. I'm excited to watch Saar tonight. I'm excited to watch Skippy tonight. I know we kind of have that optimistic view anyway, but 
I would just like it to be a bit more firm. Do you know what I mean? You see Brian Hill on the team sheet and you think, yeah, this is what he's going to bring tonight. As opposed to having that, oh, I hope he takes his opportunity. It's mad about, like, on Kulisewski, because uh, I, I don't need any excuse to sort of wax lyrical about him. It's mad to think that he's, I think it's like, he's about six months older than Harvey White. You yeah, know? I mean, it's stupid. It's like, stupid, isn't it? He's, I mean, it, it, honestly, in my eyes, he's already better than, like, Foden and Saka. I think he's like, we don't really need to make these comparisons, but he is such a special player. Right, like, and he's also he's got stuff they haven't as well. He's got stuff that, because they're all lefties, right? And they've, they're all quick and they all got very, very good control. But the thing with Kolozewski is that physically, I just think he's, he, do, he dominates those two. Do you know what I mean? The fact yeah. that he's as tall as he is, but still has the pace that he does and the range of passing, the ability to open his body and just, I, I, I think he's so, so good. I'm, I'm hoping that he's, that, that Conte's just kind of said, look, take another week and be ready to go for the weekend. Please, please. You know, like but they had two days off. Like this is a, another interesting thing. So off the off the back of the Portsmouth game, he gave them two days off, which is that's rare for for Spurs. You know, so we we've been quite fortunate in terms of the timing of this. We played so early on Saturday. It's another thing to remember. Twelve thirty kickoffs are a nightmare. They're an miserable. absolute nightmare. It's, it's the it is by far and away, with the exception possibly of. A Friday night is far and away the worst time to have a game on a on a weekend. Think if you're a professional player trying to get your routine right for a twelve thirty kickoff when you're used to playing at three in the afternoon or five thirty or four thirty on a Sunday. Like it's just absolutely rubbish. But to think that we got through it and then Arsenal won't play until Monday night, it's a massive advantage. Preston North End next. You don't want anything other than the strongest eleven available, right? Yeah, to some extent, like uh, the way that I I'm thinking it's at this stage, it's just a case of like being completely ruthless with those with those games, not kind of doing, not kind of overthinking this idea that, oh, well, maybe you put like a second string out and we bring players on to, to get us through. I don't mind if you kind of if Antonio sort of makes maybe a couple of changes. For example, if Bentancur and Hoybier are fully fit, if come Preston North End, we're looking at Basuma and, and Saar as your midfield two, or maybe one of Hoybier and Bentancur and Saar, and then maybe it's one change in the front three, or perhaps one change at the back, that's absolutely fine. But as I said earlier on, it's just like, get through these games, keep getting good draws and get through these games, do whatever it takes to, to get through it, and make sure that we're in the hat for the next one. I just, if, if the draws are good, I, I just don't want us to be left in this situation where we're kicking ourselves again for dropping out of the FA Cup at a stupid point. You know, like, I don't want to get to the semi-final stage and see that there's four teams that are not in the top four in the semi-final and think, why didn't we just play a stronger side and get through? The, the game that follows Preston is Man City anyway, and... You know, if if we were to lose against Man City this season, I'm not oh, going to say it. I'm not going to say it, but you know, you know, the with the one we got with, like if we win this weekend, you sort of think, okay, well we've done Man City the favour that they need. You know, we've done them as if we. I know, I know, it's all very kind of what's ifs, maybes, and all of that. But if we were to win this weekend. City go within two points. They can then do the rest themselves. 
you know I mean? They've still got two games to play against Arsenal. They can do the rest themselves. They can, if they beat Arsenal twice, it's done. You know, they they shouldn't. City have just been a bit whiffy, haven't they? Recently, dropping points where they shouldn't do. Would you see them the other night? I mean, I think they're better without Haaland in the side, mate. Oh my god! It sounds it's one of those stupid things to say, but like when he's not scoring an obscene amount of goals, admittedly, (laughs) he doesn't really do anything. He's shit when he doesn't score a hat trick. It's a joke. (laughs) (laughs) It's so funny. I mean, the the team they're really. um, If if you're a Chelsea fan at the moment, I I'm taking great joy in the fact that Chelsea fans must be very very concerned. Well, I'm also taking great joy in the fact that Graham Potter thought he was too big for Tottenham. And <laughs> this is what happens, Graham, you know? Unlucky chief. Okay. Yeah. It's, 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 it's just the way it goes. Um, yeah, I mean, just, I, just want to see, I just want to see Harry Kane with the trophy. You know, we've even got... We, we'll talk about Gareth Bale in a minute. There's even pictures of Gareth... Yeah, I've seen a few people be like, he didn't win anything at Spurs. Like, well, uh, actually... Actually, yep. if you look at the League Cup photo, there he is on the side with his crutches. Yeah, but does that make and you automatically? Trophy, are you automatically then a serial winner because you are like on crutches at the time that Spurs won the League Cup? Do you know what I mean? That's the ridiculous metrics that we seem to have for footballers nowadays. Like, I really enjoyed what you said about Harry Kane the other day. You're going to tell me that Fraser Campbell had a better career because he won a Prem? Like, come on! Like, this is not. It's just not how it functions. It's not how it works. Diego Forlan. Exactly. Exactly. I. I just. It. It feels like after that we can all just breathe a sigh of relief because we don't need to be so fiercely defensive of him. If if he wins an FA Cup at Spurs, it's like no, he did it. He did it at the at the team that everyone has a go at for not being able to get over the line. If he wins the FA Cup at Spurs, that's that's enough. You know that is it. That's enough. That that. The other day we were interviewing David Howells and David Howells was saying to me, he was like, I didn't have an amazing career, but I won the FA Cup with Tottenham Hotspur. Like that, I'd I'd have done anything for that as a kid. You know, I was like, God, that's so true. To to write your name into the history of Tottenham Hotspur as a football club, you can do anything after that. You kind of like come back to Spurs every single weekend. You'll, you'll never struggle to find someone who will buy you a beer. Do you know what I think? No, it's... A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Oh, please, please. Right, that man, Gareth Bale, he's retired today. Probably Britain's greatest ever footballer. I think you'd be hard-pressed to to argue otherwise. I mean, I think the biggest regret I have about it is that we weren't there to see his return, you know? I feel almost robbed by that. No, we were. We were. 
Uh, uh, absolutely were. And I feel robbed also that Mourinho didn't play him more, to be honest. But Well, uh, his return as well was like 16 goals, wasn't it? 34 games, something like that. And people obscene, wanted to try and... People want to try and pretend that that wasn't a good era for him. He's almost one in two, considering that Mourinho was barely playing him. Like it, the the, I remember vividly you saying at the time, "This is fan fiction." Son, Kane, Bale, like as a front three, and we had a couple of games in that period. I think we had a four nil win over Palace, maybe, and a four nil win over Burnley. If my memory serves correct. And there was a game where Bale scored, Kane scored that sweeping shot where the ball got kind of played back to him. He sort of swept it across into the top corner. And I think Sonny might have got an assist for Kane at the end where he kind of headed it back for Kane to head down and in. And you just think that there's a, there's another, there's a possible world, there's another world out there where it wasn't Jose Mourinho who's in charge at the time. And instead of looking at, sort of having Gareth Bale as a curse he saw it as a blessing yeah. and thought right I'm just gonna in games I'm gonna find a way to get these three unbelievable talents together and I'm gonna structure a de- defensive midfield that allows those three to just tear it up and do whatever the hell they want and it, it just I, I feel like I, he look, didn't I, like not being the main event mate that's that's in my I know it sounds like ludicrous kind of fan takes Jose Mourinho didn't like the fact he wasn't the main event at Tottenham anymore when, when Gareth Bale got signed. And I, I honestly think it's something as pathetic as that. I, I genuinely think the guy's ego is that wild that he just couldn't take the fact that somebody like Gareth Bale could walk back into the club, probably not really be in awe of Jose Mourinho, fuck about a bit on the training pitch, do these fucking basketball videos and fanny about with Ben <laughs> Davies and stuff like that, but still go out on the pitch with his legs half working now compared to what they used to. I still just rip it up, you know? And I, I think, I just, I do think guys like Mourinho, Mourinho in particular, really, he just can't really take that. His ego cannot, it can't handle that. And I, I was I was never really that fucking. I don't think I honestly don't think we saw the worst. I, I personally don't, I, I don't really want to bring this one up again, but I don't feel that we saw the worst of Mourinho at Tottenham. Oh, I don't oh, think mate. we did. But even just little hints at it like that, like how he kind of was about. I just sort of think fucking just go, you know. Well, the, the, get I out. Think the 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 point you make about. Gareth Bale coming back and being able to not sit there. Gareth Bale won more, has won more Champions Leagues than anyone in the country at that point. <laughs> Do you know yeah. what I mean? It's like, literally, no one can tell him how to, like, to affect a game or how to carry himself to affect a game. Like the guy knows what he's doing. Um, but we saw at the time with the documentary, we saw Mourinho giving these sermons to people like Delhi. Can you imagine him? Like Bale coming back and then him being like, right, sit down, Gareth. Let's let's have a chat about how your career is going to go. Bale be like, well, honestly, Be- mate, better than yours, mate. Like, <laughs> yeah, do you know what I mean? honestly, like, what are we doing here? Yeah. But I just even the, the thing was is that that period, even even that was special. I know we only got, I think we only got one game, did we? Where he would have been, where he would have been on the pitch with about four or five thousand fans, and then the game against Leicester on the last day of the season yeah. where he scored to get us into into Europe um, but the period before I mean we were watching 
I it was again it's one of those things where you're pinching yourself and you're like we're watching the best in the world do it every week at White Hart Lane like watching the, those goals where he was just picking the ball out on the right hand side and then just drifting and smashing it in from like 30 yards you're like he's taking the piss he's taking the piss like this is ridiculous every every bloody week he's doing this and you were just and that was I remember that was in like AVB sides that were doing nothing like the the team was doing nothing and the ball would get switched out to Gareth Bale on the right hand side and you just think he's probably going to score now. Do, do you remember the one when Luke Shaw was like he was exactly like what I was thinking one of one of the exciting big prospects playing at Southampton came for their academy people were sort of saying this lad's going to be like you know future England left back he's unbelievable it's going to be a good good tussle between him and Gareth Bale today and he he actually did a number on Gareth Bale for most of the game until like the last few minutes when Bale just basically dinked it past him and twatted it in from genuinely about 35 yards. <laughs> and that was when he was just Terminator Bale, when he was just unstoppable. And he was he was just kicking the ball from anywhere and it was going in. And I remember one of the Southampton fans... Had, had yes, tweeted, I'm so glad you remember yeah, this. <laughs> they, tweeted, they tweeted like Luke Shaw being like, everyone says you're good and you were shit today, you lost Gareth Bale. And, and I think Shaw replied like, Mate, it's Gareth Bale. It was something. What was it? I can't remember exactly. I'm looking for the tweet now, and then, but it was like, it was, it, it was so poetic because the fans said, "Why didn't you close down Bale for the goal?" And then Shaw just replied, "I tried." Dot dot dot. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Imagine that, like literally people talking. Shaw was like 17, 18 at the time. You know, like just, just the knowledge that you're like, I'm gonna do everything in my power to try and stop this guy, and it will not be enough. Like he was that good that literally you, you could be one of the best young defenders in the country, and it still won't be enough to stop Gareth Bale because if he wants to, he'll destroy you. Like that's unbelievable. What's your, uh, what do you think? I mean, there's plenty of them, mate. There's plenty of the moments, but what for you is like the ultimate Spurs Gareth Bale? get it in my veins moment so I, I have three so the first one is the goal against Stoke away when he scores the volley oh, yeah. where he like dislocates his entire leg yeah. and then and just, and just how do you even do that yeah I know like, if I tried to do that mate I'm, I'm looking at surgery and being out of any sort of sport for the next year um and then the next one is the goal against Arsenal well it was, it's kind of like the goal against Arsenal and the goal against Chelsea that were around a similar time when he was sort of coming into that era and you thought, oh, in big games now, he's just the, like, he's the guy. Like in, in the big games, he'll just get it done. And then the, the West Ham one. I mean, the West Ham one, because it was so late in the game and he was just in that, he was in that kind of mindset that we were talking about, Harry Kane earlier on, where you just sort of thought, wherever he is, he'll just pick up the ball and just go and spank it. Like it, it doesn't yeah. really make a difference. You can try and mark him if you want, but... This is happening. So good. What about for you? What was your ones? Well, I mean, the main one, mate, it's got to be, it's got to be the Champions League game, Taxi from Icon. Yeah, I mean, it, that was magic, wasn't it? I just, it, again, it's kind of like, you remember Kane, I think it's like Kane, Kane's game against Chelsea on New Year's Day. I that's remember people one, saying, it? like, that's that's his Gareth Bale against Inter moment. That moment when people are suddenly like, oh, this kid is legit. Like, he's yeah. unbelievable. And I just, I remember it was, it was the first time in my life. What I would say about Gareth Bale, because, you know, I'm, 
I don't know. I don't know how old I was at that point. Probably twenty two, twenty three. I guess I can't. I can't. What was the year? What was the year? When when Spurs played against Inter Milan, um, Inter Milan. was it twenty twelve? Am I making that up? So if it no you no it no it was it was twenty ten twenty ten yeah, yeah. Um, I can't remember how old, probably twenty five twenty four twenty five and I just remember even even at that age like we'd had some great players don't get me wrong you know we'd had obviously like Teddy Sheringham David Ginola players like that but I just remember that the kind of obviously seeing the away game at Inter but there was still that air of like well oh well they were tired and they were a few goals up and do you know what I mean like you could you could sort of think, oh, right, well, a, a sort of tricky young player can... Hat-trick's pretty phenomenal, to be fair, but still, one summer doesn't a swallow make type of thing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But then suddenly seeing that that game against Inter Milan at home and how he just turned up and... Meant, and the, the thing is, that it's one of those things that gets lost in the kind of like the sands of time. But what people forget is Michael was like the best right back <laughs> in the world yeah. at this point. It was the... Well, Gareth Bale's, you know, be good luck to the young man tonight, but he is up against Mycon. And seeing him not just like get the better of him, terrorise. <laughs> yeah, just ended his career. Terrorise him. Like basically did end his career. Terrorise him for the, for the duration that we were both on the pitch together. And just thinking like, fuck. Like, fuck. I've, I've grown up seeing all the stars at like United... Arsenal, Chelsea, Liverpool, Norris. This really, truly is the first actual, legit, proper superstar that Tottenham have. You know, have ever had. I've had in my lifetime in the Premier League era. And just watching that and thinking, like, oh my God. And you're suddenly so excited. You're suddenly like, I cannot wait to see him play every single game. I cannot wait to see him do this to everybody. I've got a horrible question for you. But if you could go back in time and watch one team play one ninety minutes and you had to choose between Harry's team that had Bale, Lennon, King, Dorse, like Modric, Parker, Van der Vaart, and then your choice of one of the brilliant strikers that we had at the time, or Peak Potch's like unbelievable pressing side, which side would you go back and watch? Well, I, I I feel that Pochettino's team was better, but the the, the problem is right. Redknapp's team, they set the they were the first. Joel's team were great. Joel's team were great, and we were we were good at that point. But that Redknapp side was the first time that Tottenham were a proper outfit. Oh, they're the business mate, weren't they? It was it was breaking ground. You know, first time they were a proper outfit since what the eighties. All right, let's let's say then. And it's hard to replace the sort of things that I felt back then. Seeing that, like you know, and it, it is one of those things. Like you do sound like the dar, you sound like the boring old man now. But it's like. I, I, one of the points I always bang on about here, and I think most of the people, to be honest, I think most of the people that listen to this really are, are about my age anyway. But for anyone that is younger that listens to it, it's, it's, it's so hard to like really make the point as to quite how shit Tottenham were in the 90s <laughs> and the early noughties. <laughs> and the thought of seeing Tottenham play a Champions League group stage and get knocked out in the group stage, that you thinking, that's a dream for what... If I, but if I see that before I die, 
we're golden. <laughs> Do you know yeah. what I mean? We've done it. We've done it. You get that experience and it never sort of, it will never leave you. But the, the thing was, is that we went and did that and then some, and you were yeah. watching a player like Rafa van der Vaart just absolutely turn it on on the European he was one of those players that he, he might be absolutely knackered after 60 minutes but my god those 60 minutes in the Champions League that he would turn up for I mean, and, and Modric as well yeah. like Modric in the Champions League I mean it's just ridiculous Ledley you know Led his, well, yeah. we talk we talk about Ledley as like he's like the club's kind of son right he's that guy that is for all of us he's, he's Spurs royalty and that was his era. That was his the best team he ever played in. You know, so when you talk about like, oh, Ledley, your favourite moments in a Spurs shirt. Granted, he's going to talk about the League Cup win as well. But the, that group of players, where he was playing one game a week and then spending the rest of the week in a swimming pool just so his knee would deflate in time for him to play the next one, like that was Bale, Modric. It, it was Lennon whizzing down one wing. You know, it's it's, it's a mixture of. Pavlichenko, Peter Crouch, Jermaine Defoe, sort of like such a incredible period of time. And then on the flip side, I think what you had with Pochettino is you had like this much more holistic thing. It felt like every everyone was a an organism within an organism, you know, everyone was a part within the machine. Um, and it was probably less flashy with individuals, but far more kind of impressive on the eye overall. But nothing can take that. I, I just, for me, like nothing can take away that the kind of individuality of that Red Nat team. Just knowing that one night it might be Van der Vaart that did it, another night it might be Bale, another night it might be Modric. It was just oh, it was so so good. It's just, uh, but it's it's one of those horrible questions because it's you know it's without one we don't have the other because Pochettino's team went on another level from Red Naps, you know, and we've yeah. had some. Wonderful, wonderful. I mean, Ajax is the best night of our lives. Let's be honest. You know, it's 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 an unbelievable, unbelievable memory. Um, but there was just something about that kind of. It, it was kind of like at that point, And this isn't taking anything away from it. I'm just trying to make the point about the the red nap side. Is that with the Pochettino team, we were already a good team that went on to be a great team. Like yeah, with red naps, it was suddenly like, well, we've had this like nightmare with one day Ramos. We've kind of had a little flirtation with relegation. Shows that Tottenham aren't invincible. And this is annoying because we've got these kind of players that we were hoping would come really good. And then Redknapp just came in, breathed a bit of life into it. And we were suddenly like, we're, we're a proper team. Oh, we're wow. And, Look at and, us now in the conversation for the title. And that swashbuckling, it was it was probably proto-Brendan Rodgers football. That's the thing with like Redknapp. It was kind of, it was proto-Brendan Rodgers in that, when it was good, it was good. And when it wasn't, it was fucking horrible. And we do gloss over that. There were some horrible results under Redknapp. You know, when we kind of talk about people sort of, you know, they dig out the board and they say, oh, well, we didn't we didn't back Redknapp properly and things. And, I, you know, sometimes I think there's something in that. But at the same time, Redknapp's limitations did show at times. And it was good. We, we always had the good showpiece fixtures, but... The ugly kind of games we never really did that well in. But regardless of that, it was sort of the first, you know, it was the first Tottenham team, like I say, you know, in, in my mid-twenties, when I'm suddenly like, we can actually dream a bit here. You know, we can, yeah. we can actually, like, the idea of not just getting in the Champions League, of like, maybe winning it, <laughs> which yeah. is, it sounds crazy to say, but you're suddenly like, maybe we can we're, win a Premier League. Maybe we can win a Champions League. And having those kind of like... 
you know, those feelings for the first time. It may sound like some sort of like footballing puberty, doesn't it? But no, like it does. And you know what adds to that? Like there's always for me forever that asterisk by that team that Peter Crouch got sent off away at the Bernabeu. Yeah. It, I, I always feel robbed of two... I feel like at that at that point, we were like that kid in year 10 who's kind of like sort of hit puberty and got just suddenly got a bit tonk. And like the sixth form was used to give him a hard time and then suddenly he's like, nah, come on. Like, let's go. Like, and I the sixth form was always a bit like, uh, oh, shit. <laughs> like, actually, he might be quite hard. Like, yeah, yeah. D- like, apparently he boxes sort of thing. Like, it's, it's, it's that sort of thing. And we, we, we suddenly got to that point. And then I, not to have a go at Crouchy, because I, I love Peter Crouch, but I felt like we were robbed. That team was robbed of the chance to give Real Madrid a bloody nose and just kind of, like, make that mark, you know? I mean, we got to do it with Inter Milan, but I just feel like they, they deserved... They deserved one more big kind of like big night, you know. It was. It, it was it's just. An, it's annoying. It's another asterisk. It's and it's kind of. I think most teams would say, yeah, there's always this, but I think there's something uniquely painful about the Tottenham experience. That let's look at our our Champions League final. Twenty three seconds in, and we get a dodgy penalty go against us, and you're just kind of like, man, I would have. You know, even if we'd have lost, I would have liked to have seen us at least get a game. You know, yeah, and sort it's a weird masochistic vibe, isn't there? Yeah. Being a Spurs fan, it's, it's can't help it. Not this year in the FA Cup, though. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> not no, this year. No. I mean, one of the, I guess, sort of in closing, mate. I think one of the one of the things that's crazy, really, about this Gareth Bale thing that it's, it's hammered home for me. And I've done a tweet to this effect, and it kind of touches on the stuff I was talking about with Harry Kane the other night in terms of like just enjoy it. The mad thing is, man, like you know. I, I genuinely remember, like, back in the day, at actual me being at literal sixth form and, you know, being one of those little peckers that loves every single player. You know, you love... But people talk... See, one of, this is one of those falsities. People talk about, like, oh, young people now, they don't really support clubs. They support Mbappe or Haaland. Or this. I don't think that's true. We always loved... Even when we were growing up, we loved Ronaldo, Zidane, all these other players. Football Italian, mate. Do you know what I mean? Like, and... I just remember, like you know, playing sort of Championship Manager and at the time Pro Evo and all that sort of stuff, and just being so involved in football and getting excited about like players who are like your peers, you know, around yeah, the same sort yeah, of age as you. Yeah. And I remember at the hype, how excited like everyone was about Gareth Bale and watching. I think because before YouTube was even YouTube, I don't even know if YouTube existed. Something like Daily Motion or something yeah. like that, or downloading clips from LimeWire, which was a thing as well, you know? And I remember seeing, like, his free kicks at Southampton when he did this weird sort of celebration where he would spin in the air and you were like, fucking hell, how's this lad, like, 15, 16, and he's scoring these free kicks in, like, all right, it's the championship or Division One as it might be. I'm not even sure if, it was, if the championship existed then. And vividly remembering this and then vividly remembering the excitement when we actually we like we fuck we signed one of these exciting young players. He, they usually go to Man United or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And, and this time we signed we've signed Gareth Bale. And I remember like being on like an old Tottenham message board. And I remember something like like you know when I was all like hyped about it, and some of the older lads were like, oh well, let's just let's just fucking wait and see how he does in a few years. And then obviously his career really stalled at Tottenham to the point where Harry Redknapp. If we talk about Harry Redknapp's vulnerabilities almost shipping Gareth Bale off to Birmingham for a million pounds. Like, lest we forget that. 
until I think Daniel Levy stepped in and stopped that from happening because they thought there was a player there, you know. So, and, so, and I mean, and, and I mean, we got the when we then got the, it it was kind of like a double win for us because I mean we got to see this unbelievable player. But also we got to see the emergence of him. Yeah. You know, we got to watch that kind of period where you go from being kind of, oh, and it's a start for plucky young Gareth Bale today. Let's see what he can do, like you said earlier on, to then the entirety of the pre-match montage on Sky Sports or BBC being only about Gareth Bale. You know, it's like you you got to see that transition and that guy emerge. And then, do you know what? There was a little little bit of me at the time when he left for Real Madrid the fact that he was going to be the first 100 million player like that that for me was kind of like yeah that's our that's our 100 million player yeah. he's 100 million cuz he played at spurs you know it was it was kind of sort of like weirdly bittersweet and i know a lot of people are like once the player leaves the club he's no longer a part of the club but i always for me i never stopped supporting him wherever he went after that and it, it, I remember that weird, awkward phase at first. When I was a bit like, "Oh fuck him, he's left." <laughs> he, he was in all those yeah. new kit photos and stuff, and then he left anyway. And he, he walked out the ground wearing that stupid pink top and pink baseball cap. Oh god, no, yeah. Nothing, I'm not. I'm not trying to be toxic. There's nothing wrong with men wearing pink. It was a stupid top and a stupid hat, though, <laughs> really. But the timing was not ideal. No, and and just seeing him go. But then when you seen him tearing up, seeing him score that. That yeah. goal against in the yeah, Cobb del Rey final, yeah, like against Barcelona. Oh, come on, man! Well, when, bail, 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 bail. when you hear the Spanish commentary as him he running down against Liverpool, and you're yeah. like, yeah, yeah, I'm, that we we're so used to him doing stuff like that. That's not a shock. To, I mean, it's still unbelievable. But Spurs fans, it's like, yeah. But there's yeah. a little. The thing is, and it's whatever. It's t- I don't care if it's fucking Tim Pot. There's a little bit of us winning, you know, yeah, when, yeah. When, that, when that happens. 100%. There's a little bit. Seeing Modric, the pride I still feel, seeing Modric, even if he did fucking want to sell us down the road for Chelsea, still knowing that we were the first team to take a punt on him, really, and look his where career li- His career is linked. And I, I'm, I love the fact that the the bell news about him retiring comes out and and they put all of the the kind of like montages online you're watching Gareth Bale in a Spurs shirt you know people will talk about one of Britain's greatest ever footballers and he became that at Spurs like there is a, there is joy in that you know and it, you would be it would be a shame to kind of like cut off your nose to spite your face and not admit it it's useless made so the, the point I was, I was sort of going to drive to is that it's just so mad vividly remembering seeing his emergence to now seeing him retire and oh you're god yeah like, yeah and, and, and like with regard to Kane that's what sort of the point I was trying to make is like just enjoy it like because I think it's you know getting to this sort of age now my late 30s I'm suddenly like how's that happen you know like Mourinho was saying to Deli Ali that time it just goes it goes by in the blink of an eye it really does and things like this Hold it up and <laughs> Zeus, Zeus on Twitter, everyone will know who he is. He's put it the best way, which is Gareth Bale retiring has made me feel very old. We are all decaying day by day, hour by hour, and one day we're all going to be dead. Good player, though. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Yeah.